Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's the show that would poke a puppy in the eye right now for an aircon unit. On today's show, we're veering away from Manchester City. In fact, our only criteria is that we keep away from the Blues as we pick out our favourite non-City Premier League players since football was invented back in 1992. Sadly, that rules out Danny Mills and Steve McManaman, who I'm sure would have been selected otherwise. To do this, I'm joined by two guys who would have been Premier League legends themselves, if only they were really, really good at football. It's Ali and Lloyd. <laughs> Hi, Ali. You keep it cool, mate? Uh, not really, no. I'm, uh, I'm I'm cooking low and slow like a fine beef bourguignon. Or something. <laughs> if, uh, <yeah. laughs> if Hannibal Lecter knocks on my door, he will find me very tender and, and uh, yeah, like I will dissolve in his fork. I'm very but I'm, same. but I'm, I'm I'm holding it together just about. God, I, we we are desperately in need of a storm here in Wales. It is so close. It's uh, yeah. I mean, no apologies for, for using the word close, which people seem to think is an old lady term. But I love it. So there we go. Uh, Lloyd, how are you? And where are you based right now? I'm good, mate. Thanks. Uh, God, tender sounded good in a Scottish accent, then didn't it? Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just in in London, so it's it's hot, but we have like a a basement and ground floor flat, so in the basement bit's not too bad. But yeah, I mean it's getting getting the fun out every day, yeah. working topless, etc. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I just basically lying on the sofa the other night, kind of over the evening, just in my pants. It felt very decadent. Uh, I've been like that all week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a Zoom call with somebody for work yesterday and I got really resentful. I had to put clothes on for half an hour. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, uh, Right, let's get started. Um, okay, so our favourite non-City Premier League team, basically, since 1992. Uh, we were discussing off-air that we've all three of us have come for a mix of favourite players, kind of maybe cult players, um, but also, you know, great players as well. Um, and for each player, we'll just briefly discuss, and at the end of each position, we'll have a vote between the three of us, and we'll settle on the player for our team. Um, so let's get started in the obvious position of goalkeeper. Uh, I've gone. For, I've got three choices here. I'll I'll very quickly go through them. Nigel Martin. I just adored Nigel Martin. I just thought he was such a brilliant goalkeeper uh, for Leeds and Everton. Uh, for one particular season for Everton, he was magnificent. He had a bit of a, a Neville Southall's about him. He was a scruffy get, and I like that. Um, and then consequently, I went on to interview him a couple of years ago, and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever interviewed. So, Nigel Martin, um, an odd choice, because he's United, but Edwin van der Sar was just unflappable, and I, I do like that in a keeper. Um, I, I largely like him for his, you know, period of time away from the Premier League and not with United, obviously, um, but his time at Ajax, etc. I just, he, he looked about six foot 11. Um, and like I say, he was unflappable, cool as you like, and a brilliant goalie. And the last one, uh, Lutz Fanelstein, style, Fanelstein, who plays uh, for Wimbledon um, and not Forest, played for 27 clubs across the globe. He was jailed in Singapore for match fixing before having it overturned. The reason why he was jailed for match fixing was because in three games he played particularly well. <laughs> Which makes no sense to me. Uh, he once abducted a penguin from a zoo and kept it in his bath for 24 hours, which I think we can all agree is what we all want from a goalie. Um, Ali, who have you got for the, for the man in, 
in the sticks. Uh, yeah, I actually had Edwin Van der Sar as one of my possibilities as well. Uh, another one I'll, I'll go. I think the most um, intimidating goalkeeper, uh, opposing goalkeeper, I, I can remember. You know, the, the the guy. You think how the hell do you ever get a ball past that guy? Um, before he had his head injury, Petr Cech at Chelsea yes, yeah. was just a phenomenal goalkeeper for the first two three years he was there. Um, and I think the fact that he he was never quite the same player again after his injury sort of adds a, a layer of uh, tragedy or or you know the, the emotionality to to that as well. Um, and a bit more of a, a left field choice. And again, surprising everyone with a, a red from across town. Um, I've got a, a bizarre and slightly um, uh, incongruous crush on Fabian Bartes. And all we have, uh, and it mostly it's mostly down to one moment. Do you remember when Paolo Di Canio was through one and one of him, and Fabian Bartes just stopped, turned, pointed at the linesman yes. as if there was a flag up, and just walked away. And, and uh, Di Canio didn't fall for it and just knocked the ball in the net. But he tried to pull the greatest shit move in the entire history of football, and had it worked, it would have been the best thing I've ever seen. So for that moment alone, uh, I think I would I would. Um, a bit of shout in for Bartes but in terms of the best goalkeeper I think yeah I'd, I'd go with Petr Cech I, I completely forgot about that Bartes instance that, that was two supreme shit houses just trying to shit house the other end <laughs> yes um, Lloyd who have you gone for your, your keeper of choice yeah so I loved I loved Petr Cech um, I mean particularly pre um, head injury I thought he was just a complete brick wall Um in you know Mourinho Chelsea team and was just such a good goalie, um, but I do think that head that head injury definitely did affect him. I mean, completely understandably. Um, I think unfortunately the right answer is probably Schmeichel, isn't it? I mean, if you Google, I, I was assuming he's not allowed by our rules. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. No favorite. Oh, no, because of course, he, City. Yes, it yeah. was with us for a year, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But as in a moment, it, you know, if we're looking at probably the best ever it probably would be him um, but I think for me the right answer given the criteria is probably Czech but I would like to mention a bit weird I really like Brad Friedel um, mm, I just yeah. thought he's a bit I thought one he was a great goalie but two I remember there was that stat where he played something like it was literally hundreds of games consecutively back to back over about six or seven seasons I just thought even for a goalie, it was super impressive and very durable. And yeah, he was like a mainstay between the kind of, you know, late noughties, um, early 2010s. And I just thought he was really solid goalie and I had a lot of respect for him. Well, yeah, here, here. Um, I think we've, we've kind of inadvertently settled on Peter Cech because you two have both kind of gone for him. So by default, you know, as democracy in action, I guess <laughs> it should be Cham. And are you two in agreement with that? I'm happy. I'm happy with yeah. Jack. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I neither kind of, you know, I don't have any strong feelings towards him either way, to be honest. I have a lot of admiration for him. And uh, as you both said, in those first couple of seasons for Chelsea, um, phenomenal keeper. So, Peter Cech is in our non-City Premier League side. Um, I really struggled with left-back. This is the one position where I struggled because there's some really good players here and none of them I like. Um, I would say <laughs> De- Dennis Irwin I would say is the best left back in the Premier League era and it's not that I don't like him He's a, there's nothing to like or dislike he's a perfectly aimable guy but obviously he's United through and through so that put me off him 
Graeme Lasso, always something about Graeme Lasso, um, in the footballing sense, I mean, where never really rated him as highly as others. Nigel Winterburn apparently is one of the loveliest guys um, around. Um, if journalists are in need of a quote, they go to Winterburn and he'll help people out. Um, but on the pitch, he's, he's such a dislikable character. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Cole, dislikable on and off the pitch. <laughs> Um, Leighton Baines, maybe, but there's nothing really to him. So, anyway, let's, uh, let's go in reverse order of that, I guess. Uh, Lloyd, uh, you're left back. Well, again, I think the right answer is Ashley Cole. Um, I mean... But, so, to uh, but was he a favourite of you? Did you like him as a player? Well, as a player, yeah, definitely. I was, I was about to say, actually, like, um, I thought he did a piece on... Uh, it was on Lindelof and Trent defending earlier this season as yeah. a pundit. And the way that he was talking about how it, important it is to have kind of like intensity in the in, when you're running back to goal, but also footwork. And he broke it down in like really, really like proper detail about basically how you need to track your feet um, alongside the attacker and how getting in as many kind of steps as possible gets you in as, a stronger position. Um, whilst kind of like keeping your knee and I thought I was like shit I didn't think he kind of understood that I thought he was one of those just like instinctive almost like yeah. Wayne Rooney type footballers where you know the ball just kind of sticks to his foot and he can't really explain why it's just a god-given talent Um, so yeah I think raw ability defender I mean the guy's got over a hundred in caps played for that Arsenal team Um, obviously played for Chelsea for a very long time um, he was, yeah, he was an amazing defender. Um, I think my favourite is Leighton Baines. I just used to love Baines. I thought, you know, he used to take pens. Um, great free kick. You, back when he was like, you know, not the old bastard that he ended up being at, um, you know, last few years at Everton. He used to bomb up and down that wing. Him and Coleman were were great to watch at times. So he'd be my like my favourite pick. But I think the right answer is probably. Um, Cheryl Cole's old bloke. <laughs> did, did you just describe Leighton Baines as an old bastard? <laughs> no, I said when he was when he became an old bastard, like over the last couple of years. I mean, we're talking footballing old bastard. Well, so thank you. Know that's someone who's got about ten years on him. You're over the hill past thirty, mate. In football. <laughs> um, Ali, what about your favourite left back? I'm I'm feeling a bit cheated here because uh, I thought I would go for a. a, a uh, off the wall left field choice, and I've got Leighton Baines as my first name, and then you guys are both. And <laughs> <laughs> my thinking was like partly that that thing. Of, I don't like any of the other obvious candidates. Yeah. Um, his his ability with a dead ball, nobody's mentioned. I mean, he took a foot, or uh, presumably still takes. Does he still play? I don't even remember. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, at his best, Leighton Baines took a phenomenal free kick. Just at, you know, one of the best free kick takers there's ever been in the Premier League. I mean, really up at that level. Um, and best of all, I, I loved how he looked like, uh, like a refugee from Quadrophenia. You know, he was an excellent mod. He had that, kind of, <laughs> he knew how to do a pudding bowl haircut. Like, you know, Phil, sorry, I love you, but look and learn. That's how you do a pudding bowl. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there, there was just something, there, there was something kind of quite, um, 
down to our people's footballer about Leighton, Leighton Baines. Um, and I always liked him. Uh, another couple that I don't think anyone's mentioned, Stuart Pearce probably deserves a mention in the conversation. Ah, got a City connection who played, played, played well, as yeah. Of course yeah. he played, I'm thinking, I think Sack manager was excluded, but yeah, no, he played okay. And the other one that I just, mainly because he scored some absolutely uh, blistering goals, uh, John Arnorisa. Uh, was a super yes, player I've, left I've back. Done, yeah. Um, so uh, other than that, we've got Fair. them all covered. But I think the only player that we've all three of us have mentioned is, is our man Leighton. It could well be Baines, I think, for the final pick. Uh, I've got to say, I I did have John Arnorita down as, as an option, but only because he once sent um, the same text to fifteen models. Um, <laughs> the, the text read, "I have always thought <laughs> this, this is amazing." The text read, "I have always thought you charming, cute, sexy. I will ask you out for a romantic dinner." Kiss from John Arnorisa. That was the actual text sent to fifteen models. Um, I love from it. I John Arnorisa. From on, yeah, kiss from. But I love that. I will ask you out for a romantic dinner, uh, and then his mum later had to come out in the press and deny that his her son was um, a, a, a text pest. Um, she said, "Yes, my son is on the lookout. He's single, and I can't understand any girl being upset." Um, <laughs> but but my, my personal choice is Francis Benali at Southampton, born and raised in a city, one man club. 16-year career there. He's got a curry house named after him in the city. In 1997, this is how disrespected he was as a footballer. And he wasn't the greatest. He always admitted that anyway. But in 1997, The Guardian uh, had an article where they questioned Bernali's right to appear in the same pitch as Dennis Bergkamp. Um, 11, 11 red cards. Um, and <laughs> recently, he ran and cycled to every Premier League and Championship club uh, raising um, a lot of money for cancer research. Uh, that's 1,400 miles. So Francis Benali, but let's go for Leighton Baines. I mean, all three of us uh, have mentioned him. So on that criteria, he has to be in, surely. Okay, so we've got Pedro. Yep, same here. Uh, Baines, great left back. Right back. Um, I'm just going to whisper through mine. No details, really, uh, apart from I've just gone for Seamus Coleman and Stephen Carr. And I personally would go for Stephen Carr because he made 377 Premier League appearances and he's always overlooked. I thought he was a really good right back and it's like he's a, the forgotten footballer of the Premier League. So uh, mine's Stephen Carr. Um, Ali, what about you? I think the um, the... Obvious easy pick could be Gary Neville, um, which I know he's a red, as, as red as they get. Um, but I, if, I mean, I don't know if football historians would agree with this, but, uh, for me watching the game as a, as a, uh, amateur fan, um, he seemed to be more than anyone the, the player that reinvented the role of the fullback in, yeah, at least in, uh, in yeah. the Premier League. Um, you know, changing the position from one that's fundamentally defensive to one that was much more about attacking and, and the way he used to go around the outside and, and widen the pitch, um, really was quite revolutionary and he did it exceptionally well. And, you know, um, his, his, uh, Died, died in the wool redness aside. Um, he's a decent bloke, and I, I, by and large, like what he says and does uh, in his time since he's left, um, since, he, since he's retired. Um, and so I, I find it hard to look past that. Um, one other, going back in, in time, I'll give him a shout. Um, he gets a lot of stick because he's such a lousy co-commentator, um, but a really good player and someone who um, qualifies as a blue in his heart, even though he never played for us. Uh, Lee Dixon. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Great right back. Uh, old school, proper defensive right back um, from that Arsenal defence that I've said before I really don't like in many ways, but I think he was the uh, the, the most likeable um, aspect of, of that, that back four. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's worth a shout, but I think if I had to pick one, it probably would have to be Neville. Okay, Lloyd? Yeah, I think it's insulting to settle on any one other than Neville, to be honest. Really? Achievements okay. and... Yeah, I think his, his achievements and longevity just smash everybody else. I don't know. That's yeah. really. Um, Lads, you suggested we I have Gary Neville would... in our favourite Premier League. Well, it's not... We can edit this out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, like, like Ali, I'm swayed by some of his politics and... Mm ability to hold the government to account better than <laughs> certain opposition politicians um but uh yeah i mean if we're talking if even if you remove that you just talk football titles longevity you know neville is probably the best premier league right back of all time i think for me though even though they play for rivals two guys i think deserve a mention um just because i quite i've liked them both as players are, are Ivanovic, um, I just thought was so solid and whilst played centre back a bit, again, great career at Chelsea, um, and had that weird period at West Brom. But anyway, um, and then the other one is Aspilicueta, I think is, I probably admire him more than the, than Ivanovic. He's obviously been in the league coming up 10 years now, has won plenty of Premier League titles, um, initially was just you know was very up and down now has become more considered and plays kind of in that back three um for Chelsea but great player seems like a nice bloke as well from all interviews I've seen of him and I think one of the best one-on-one defenders the Premier League has probably seen as well um particularly in his pomp great great defender and had a couple of games I remember when um I think when Bale just first joined, uh, sorry, when Aspilicueta first joined and was up against Bale um, and he had a kind of tough period just when he joined. I remember some great performances against that kind of rampage in Bale. So, yeah. Well, I mean, by you both going for Gary Neville, I mean, this is why democracy doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to be said for dictatorships (laughs) because Gary Neville has somehow found his way into 93 Well, he's not my (laughs) favourite. We have to say to our listeners, other Manchester City podcasts are available. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, we've got a United player in there. I mean, it's... To be fair, as to our credit that we've got a United player in there, it shows that this is this is a fair process. Um, although, just putting an end to that fair process for a moment, um, now we've returned to centre-backs, I'm going to insist on one player actually being included. Just in my role as host, I'm going to insist, I'm going to overrule and insist on one player is included. And that player is another United player, although he's not known primarily as a United player, certainly not in my mind. He is the magnificent, the unique, the one and only Paul McGrath, one of my favourite ever footballers, in the possibly top three of all time of my footballers. I love the story of Paul McGrath. I love that basically the performances he put in for Aston Villa, despite the fact that he couldn't train all week. Um, No other club would touch him after he left Old Trafford. Villa took a punt and he put in, I think he was player of the year, wasn't he, two years later. He was unbelievable. 
Um, and I'm, of course, only joking about overruling and having him in, but that is my strong... That, he's the one I'm putting forward strongly today, Paul McGrath. Um, also, Ledley King. I thought Ledley King was a Rolls-Royce of a defender. Um, Lloyd, what about centre-backs for you? Yeah, difficult, because there are a couple of United players that would be close uh, to a best 11. But I think my, my favourite... Um, or favourites definitely Ledley King um, I just thought he was a fucking brick wall and it's such a shame that his knee was as bad as it was because my god that guy could that guy could defend um, and yeah I think would have had even in even in that era probably would have had a hell of a lot more England caps and I think that says a lot about how good he was given the competition in, at that time when he was a uh, an England international. Um, <clears throat> and then I think, I don't really want to pick a Terry or a, or a Vidic. I don't mind Ferdinand as much because I think he was just such a classy defender. Um, Terry's obviously a, a twat, so that counts. <laughs> um, I think favourites. This might be quite rogue, but I don't know. Let's see. I used to love... Carvalho at Chelsea, proper yeah, yeah. I like old yeah. shithouse. I mean, great defender and, and obviously schooled England a few times um, for Portugal, but what a defender and proper stood that line of shithouse like just perfectly. Very Fernandinho-esque in the, in the sense that he would get booked and he would, you know, do the tug on the defender and like clip them up and give them a little punch in the balls. Like he was just a proper twat, but a great, great defender. Um, I used to respect that. And he was obviously part of that ridiculous um, Chelsea Mourinho team. He was very Italian, wasn't he, Carvalho? Because he was kind of, for want of a better expression, he was quite a, a graceful defender. And yet he was also an absolute shithouse, as you say. So in that aspect, he very much reminded me of the great Italian defending of the, uh, the late 80s. Um, Ali, centre-backs for you? Yeah, I, I love the suggestion so far. And I certainly wouldn't fight you over Paul McGrath if he's going to be um, one of our back-to um, just you know, inspirational character. Um, looking at my little list in front of me, there's an awful lot of red on it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean... Rio definitely has to be in the conversation. Um, an absolute class act, and undeniably so. Uh, the other uh, United player I would mention is Yap Stam, who particularly in the, mm. the 99 season when they won the uh, Champions League, uh, he was just phenomenal um, for a, a year or two. Uh, really quite intimidating centre defender. Um, Vidic we've talked about was again was a class act. Um, and I think the other one in a, a slightly different shade of red, um, we can't deny that Virgil van Dijk absolutely deserves to be in this conversation as well. He's as, as good as I have seen in the Premier League when he's, obviously, when he was fit and firing, um, as as I can remember seeing for a long time. But one uh, little left-field personal choice I will throw into the conversation, um, just because, of it, um, leaving aside national proclivities and all the rest of it, um, I think when we consider the types of egos and personalities and characters that we will end up in our first 11 when we finish this conversation, <laughs> um, it will be absolutely essential that in the middle of it there is an absolutely no-nonsense, terrifying Scotsman, and so uh, Braveheart himself, Colin Henry. Um, Got the city connection, I- mate. Oh I, no, I, of course he does! I, oh, I've got him off the list! I, I, Damn! I, I put him on my list too, so he would have been in as well. And then I remember and I was like, oh, God. oh well. Uh, McGrath is then. Sorry, Colin. We give you we yeah. give you we give you a shout. 
Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, Colin definitely is, is our assistant coach in this team because um, yeah, again, I, I was a name drop by interview. That's a good role for him. Yeah, I, I want him. I don't yes. know if we're going to pick a manager, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> standing in the sidelines yelling that that would be a good job for him. But he was such a lovely guy, you know, and, and yeah. he really he was really helpful a couple of weeks ago to me. So yeah, I, I love Colin, but um, yeah. We've been blessed by so many great players. That's a problem. <laughs> um, so who are we going to have then, lads, for the centre-back? We've both mentioned Ledley King, Lloyd. So would you be okay with Ledley King, Ali? I think it, it, McGrath and then either King or Real. And if we're if we're um, going to have a Gary Neville at right-back, then I think we have Ledley King at centre-back. <laughs> okay, uh, Lloyd, what, what would your picks be out of those three, Rio? Um Lily King or McGrath, two two from the three basically. Well, I I don't remember Paul McGrath, so I can't really um, right. comment on him. So I'll let you, I'll, if you guys want him, then I'll let you guys go with that. Uh, I one less. I think it would be good to go King um, t- to keep too much United out of it because I think King was a defender I really enjoyed watching, um, yeah. and this is about picking yes. favorite players. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy with um, that. Yeah. Right, well, that's a nice, that's a nice defence we've got there. Peter Chak, Leighton Baines and Gary Neville charging, bombing down the left and right. Paul McGraw and Ledley King, although both players do have bad knees, let's face it. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a really See, good video yes. as well in this team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, for midfield, I thought we would just do it as a trio. Because, um, you know... Otherwise... Steve, just before we do midfield, can I just say, I was thinking... Uh... Isn't it incredible that we have we've, we haven't mentioned the best right back ever, Trent Alexander Arnold, and the best left back ever, Andrew Robertson? They haven't even come into the conversation. <laughs> I was doing a little bit of research last night, and I was kind of going through all the lists, you know, kind of on these sites. And uh, any time Robertson appeared, I just my face involuntarily went into a little twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I did think also, I did think about waving a salt iron and throwing uh, and throwing Robertson's name in there, and I just thought I would say, spare you the argument in this time. <laughs> Although I have gone for a Liverpool player for midfield, um, so I'm just putting that. Uh, in fact, I've got the two. I think we we'll possibly all have. Yes. Okay, well, Ali, do you want to go first for your kind of midfield trio? I mean, just, you know, it doesn't have to be the three, just kind of name who you've got. Yeah, I mean, if we're kind of going through a, a centre holding midfield, um, uh, there's an obvious one that we, I think we just hinted at him. Um, Stephen Gerrard really was all that. Um, I think the uh, Champions League final at Istanbul, when he basically single-handedly turned around a 3-0 deficit yeah. and turned it into what were well, three all and then a win on penalties. Um the single greatest performance by a midfielder I've ever seen in my life, I think, that that second half, um, from Gerard, where he just like single handedly took a match, took a Champions League final by the scruff of the neck. I've never seen anything like it. Um and for that alone I think Gerard deserves his place in, in the Pantheon. Um along beside him, if we're going to have someone playing in the Claude McAuley role, I think it has to be Claude McAuley. Um <laughs> Uh, he did, again, I mean, how many players actually define a position in yeah. their name? Um, you know, a way of sort of reinventing the, the role that he played. Um, there, I mean, there's, there's another couple that, uh, Roy Keane has to be mentioned in the conversation, but I really don't want him in our team. Um, and so because, uh, I think so far we've managed to avoid, uh, all other current contemporary players. Um, I think the other, uh, the other lad who deserves a mention in that, 
position in that role at the moment is N'Golo Kante. Uh, he he terrifies me. I and mean, sadly, I I said a couple of weeks before the Champions League final um, that I don't know how we contain him. I, I don't know how we yeah. beat a team with N'Golo Kante playing in that form. And it turned out I was absolutely right. And and it pains me still to this day. Um, but given what he's just done to us um, in fairly recent memory, um, and also just what a, a, like nice guy he is and, and like how, how humble and, and admirable in so many ways. Um, I think yeah, if, if there was going to be one player from the the current era, you know, one, one player who's still playing um, in our team, then Kante would be the one I would choose. Okay. Um, Lloyd, what about your midfielders of choice? So what? how many are we doing? Are we doing 4-3-3 or 4-4-2? Three, three, I think, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> are, you, are you guys okay with that? I mean, or would you prefer four four two? Have you got some wingers to kind of put forward? I'm happy with four three three. I think that suits what I've kind of got down. Okay. Um. So, first of all, well, Vieira and Lampard are out, right? Because they played for us. Um. Mm-hmm. So they're not in the conversation. F- for me, number one has to be Gerard. Uh, I agree with Ali. Oh, Even though he was a scouser, <clears throat> as a player, as a player, we didn't. I didn't have that rivalry with Liverpool. I'm not as bitter about Liverpool as you, Steve. <laughs> so what, during the time that Gerard was primarily around, I didn't hate the scousers as much as I yeah. do now. And you can't deny he was just an absolute freak. Uh, and some of the stuff he used to do, he just used to do like the really raw, like. British football stuff like stupidly well like he would score those swaz goals and just run from box to box and drag what was quite a mediocre Liverpool team at points and also you know decent at times when they had Alonso and Mascherano and Torres but he really was everything that that glued it together so I think Gerrard has to be in there Um, I enjoyed watching him a lot Um, I think for me the other two actually are probably uh, well, both played for Chelsea. Uh, Kante as well. So I'm with Ali again. Right, um, okay. Great player. Um, I think when he retires or leaves, we'll go down in that conversation with the Lampards, Gerrards, Keynes, you know, Scholes, Torres, etc. I think he's that good. Um, and probably for me, prefer him to Makaleli. I think he's got more to his game. I think Kante showed over the last couple of years that he's not just um, like a raw kind of number six and can progress the ball as well as we saw in the fucking Champions League final. Um, and then for me, I think one of the uh, one of the midfielders I've enjoyed watching most, um, just watching football, has to be Fabregas. Um, and that's because the kind of Fabregas that emerged was almost like a little bit Gerard-esque when he was at Arsenal and was, you know, literally like 16, 17. Used to, you know, used to do some defensive stuff, but used to carry the ball, travel with it, score ridiculous goals. You know, some of his goals against um, Tottenham when he was like 18, 19 in those North London derbies were were iconic. And then obviously came back at Chelsea, a very different kind of deeper lying um, creative player. And I think his pass to Schürrle against... Burnley is one of my favourite kind of assists in the Premier League Premier League era. It's a beautiful pass. So that would be my three, I think. Okay. 
Well, it's a, well, it's a very decent free, and by you both going for Gerard and Kante, that means they're in. So there's another spot up for discussion. Um, Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> I mean, we've all overlooked Paul Gascoigne. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I'd go for Gaza and Two Gay. Um, or two guys, sorry, at Blackburn. I used to love watching two guy. Um, just a quality midfielder. Um, Gary Mack. I love Gary McAllister. Uh, he was a, a Liverpool player who you wouldn't really associate with Liverpool. You know, for me, it's, it's kind of Coventry in the very early days in the nineties. Uh, but Gary McAllister was just a, a class act. Um, Joey Cole is my big shout out. You know, I, I love watching Joe Cole. He was just this kind of English urchin who just was possessed with this playground talent. Um, Muzzy, is it? I loved as well. Uh, how can you not love a, a, a lad with four Zs in his name? Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, a bicycle kick he scored against Grimsby, which is unbelievable. And it, it annoys me to this day that England passed him up and he ended up playing for Turkey um, because he would have just been phenomenal for England. Um, and the Liverpool player I was referring to earlier, and I'm perfectly happy with Gerard, but... Xavi Alonso. I love watching Alonso. And I'll, I'll be honest here, and I'll be fair here, I loved that midfield three. Mascherano, Alonso and Gerrard, for me, was so perfectly balanced and it was so watchable, that midfield three. Um, although I will just say, before we make our final pick, yes, he was phenomenal, Gerrard, in that Champions League final. He was also on the pitch in that first half, though, when they lost. <laughs> oh, I'm, a, I'm a petty, petty man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I, I'm open to whatever you, you wish. Actually, to before choose. we have the, can I just throw one more name that's only just occurred to me? Because I don't know how it missed me. Uh, but I, I, I'm not quite sure whether he belongs in the midfield or the kind of attacking midfield section. But JJ Akotcha, do you remember what a joy to watch yes. JJ Akotcha was? Oh, yeah. Um, sure. uh, Bolton just, just, uh, I, I mean, he, he wouldn't probably get into our team just because he, 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 didn't have the levels of consistency, um, but just in terms of you know reminiscing about um, players that you could pay money to go and watch seven days a week. JJ Okocha is well up there. Well, I, I had Okocha. What I did, I broke it down to midfield, attacking mid, and all the rest of it. And so Okocha was in my attacking mids. And oh just, yeah, yeah. Well, well I, funny enough, though, I was just looking at it then thinking, well, hang on a minute. I know. <laughs> front three or part of midfield three. There's a few others that are struggling to get into the uh, the, the front three conversation as well. So yeah, well, another one who, who isn't going to make the grade. Uh, so I'll just mention him now is Pahars at Southampton. Uh, Marianne's mm-hmm. Pahars because he reminded me so much of King Lassie. I mean, he really reminded me of Kinky. He looked the same. He played the same. Not scored, obviously. Um, but he's another one. Um, okay, so we've got one more spot left in our midfield three. We've got Steven Gerrard and Kante. Um, and the names put forward so far. Um, Gaza, Joe Cole, I would kind of hone mine down to. Um, who are your other shouts, Ali? Uh, oh, no, well, it doesn't matter because you mentioned Gaza and he would have been in my conversation for the ah, front three. But let's put him in the midfield and, and, and take that one. Uh, Lloyd, are you okay with Gaza being in there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not old enough to remember very much of Gaza, but everything I've seen of him, obviously, he was a joke. So, no yeah. qualms from me. Yeah. It was, I was lucky enough to be there when um, Tottenham came to uh, Main Road and it was when he was taking um, the Mickey out of Lakey's ears um, <laughs> and he scored a great goal. It was a great game. I think it was, just, it was certainly the first home game of that season. Uh, it was a cracking game as well, that. And, uh, that, yeah, that, that was a very likeable Tottenham side, that was. Um, 
Okay, so we're on to our front three now, and basically I'm merging any attacking midfielders I've got into my front three. So Akocha is included in the conversation for me. Um, but, oh God, where do we start with all this? Um, Roy, do you want to go first for your, your front three? Are we doing striker as well, or are we just doing wingers? Um, okay, yeah, let's do the two kind of wingers, the two uh, playing on uh, off the, the striker, as it were. So we'll do those two first. Okay. So, I mean, right, this is favourites, so let's yeah. not have some of those twats that obviously should be in there. Yeah, exactly. So Cantona me, can do one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ronaldo can do one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, right, first pick for me, almost non-negotiable, probably the first name on my team sheet, which is a bit rogue, but that's just how it is. has to be Eden Hazard, my favourite player to watch. Right, Probably in the modern Premier League. Um, ridiculous ability on the ball. And yeah, I would watch Chelsea games just to watch just to watch him. I th- he was frankly outrageous. Such oh. a good dribbler. Great player. Wish he played for City. So good he didn't come to us when they were... Close, wasn't it? It was close. Yeah. It was close. It sounded like we were winning the race and then they won the Champions League, didn't, didn't they? And that was part of the reason why Mancini blew his head off. Um, so yeah Hazard has to be in for me and then I think there are lots of other options you know I think you could you can kind of shoehorn people like I don't know I suppose Rooney or Ronaldo in but f- for me again from enjoyment factor it's Hazard and Burkamp are my two picks um, very similar similarish mould to Hazard from the Silk perspective but obviously Different player, more languid, um, not as athletic, but my God, you know, I am old enough to remember Burkamp and fuck me, he was just ridiculous with the ball. Um, you know, that goal against, I think it was Newcastle, just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, those are my two absolute silk merchants on the wing. Love it. Love it. Uh, Ali, who would be your two kind of, you know, main creative, um, attacking players? Well, Bergkamp was the first name that I had in my list written down here. Um, and, I, yeah. <laughs> and from uh, from the other side, from the same team, I was a huge fan of Robert Pires, um, whether playing on the left or the centre. Um, just, I mean, you mentioned the silky, silky wingers before. Uh, he was just a class act. Um, a uh, couple of other names I've got down here. Um, one, I, I think he's he's um, recently ejected himself from our consideration by turning out to be a lie, and not just lie a bit bonkers, but an absolute massive twat, but an incredible footballer, Matthew Letizia. Yeah, um, I know. That's an interesting I, one, though, Ali, because I did exactly the same as you. I put him down and thought, oh, he's a knobhead now, but... <laughs> Does that matter? Yeah. No, I guess it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, we, no, if, if Ronaldo is not getting their team on, on due to yeah. the, um, the 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 knobhead caveat, the, <laughs> uh, the, the the same one excludes Matt Latissier. I'm afraid. Uh, but my, the, the the only professional footballer ever to go on countdown, not as a celebrity, but as a contestant, just like you turn on countdown one day and there's Matt Latissier sitting there doing the numbers game. Um, <laughs> that that was one of the most bizarre things that ever happened in my life. <laughs> and so you know, he, uh, you kind of have to admire his his commitment to eccentric.
electricity, if you can put it that way. But no, in the middle of a pandemic, when you turn into a when you turn into an Ian Brown in the middle of the, the pandemic, we're not having you in our team. Sorry, Matt. Uh, so he's out. Uh, the, I think probably belonging in this conversation rather than the uh, number nine striker conversation at a Cantona. Um, I don't think we can pick this team and, and overlook Cantona. Um, so he, I think he would be my number ten uh, behind a number nine, uh, and. Uh, I think we, we've mentioned everyone else, so uh, we'll come back to the strikers later. When, when you watch Cantona, Ali, were you able to... So, essentially, I know he played for Leeds as well, but essentially we're talking United here. Yeah. When you watch Cantona play for United, were you able to kind of detach yourself to that extent to enjoy yeah it. i mean I'd, i'm uh this this is where i i reveal my my plastic city fan credentials <laughs> uh, like through the 90s my, my 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 attachment to city through the 90s was was sort of weak but strengthening as the decade went on um so when Cantona was at his, his peak i i was cheering for the results when city's results came in um but it was actually i was watching united a lot more because they were in the champions league and they were on telly and and yeah, yeah and city weren't even in the premier league for you know a fair hunk of the time when Cantona was at his best uh so i didn't see that much of city i would, I would go along the occasional game uh, and i would follow their results but i was seeing a lot of Cantona, um and he was just such a um his personality kind of uh, transcended everything about club loyalties and, and all the rest of it. And um, you know, to be honest, anyone who uh, kung fu kicks a Nazi in in the away end uh, is all right by me. <laughs> I, I've got to admit, I, I was cheering him, you know, for that particular night. But yeah, I mean, what about you, Lloyd? Were you able to kind of enjoy Cantona playing for United? Don't remember loads of him because of my age. Right. Um, so how honest, old were you when I, he was in his kind of pump? Uh, so I wasn't really born around in the nineties. <laughs> around in the nineties as a football fan. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. what was Cantona's pump? It was like ninety, what two mid nineties, not ninety three. Yeah, yeah ninety four to ninety eight. I would say probably. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So no, I don't have much much register on Cantona. I mean, if United were four 0 up and he scored a great goal, I could appreciate that great goal. But that's it was always a struggle. Uh, it was something that he's someone I've come to appreciate more as the years have gone by and and you know distance from his playing career. But no, he, he has to be included in the conversation. I absolutely admit that. Um, I mean, I've got JJ Kocha, uh as a shout. Uh, Gianfranco Zola could maybe play as the number nine, but. I would play him off for uh, number nine. Um, Zola was, I mean, I was making a few little notes here and there for people, and I basically just put, you know, the obvious stuff down. Um, and for Zola, I've just written this morning, watching him was to eradicate cynicism. I mean, he just bring, makes me pretentious, yeah. you know, just even <laughs> when I'm just doing basic notes on people, he makes me pretentious because Zola just, oh, everything about that man. Uh, plus the fact that he looks so much like Fonzie. Um, so yeah, Waddle, Pahars, um, Lombardo. Was it? Was a Was a good few uh, guys. Are you there? I'm here. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I vanished for a second. Sorry. Um, yeah. So Lombardo at Palace as well as the show. Uh, yeah. I loved him. Um, Chris Waddle, similar vein, really to Matt Letizia. Chris Waddle's turned to a bit of a knob, but um, I loved Chris Waddle. I loved it. Chris Waddle and Peter Beardsley were two players who you knew what they were going to do. Um, same with Robin as well at Chelsea. He knew what he was going to do, but no one could stop him doing it. Um, 
to them I'm shout out, but I'm happy for any anyone really here. Um, Lloyd, how would you feel about Cantona? Would you be alright with him being in or not? Mm, he's a red in he. Uh <laughs> What are the other options? Um, a catcher. But if you someone... if you two both want him, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Well, I mean, me and Ali. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna fight for him. <laughs> well, me and Ali both said a JJ Cotter separately. We both had him down, so he'd be maybe the obvious. Well, but it was he before your time, Lloyd. It would have been send no, no. Lloyd away to send Lloyd away to look at some YouTube. Clips <laughs> no, no, no. JJ. I remember JJ Cotter. I liked him. He was a great player. Yeah, let, let, I think we should ju- just for for the romance and, and the and the joy and the fun of it, we should put a gotcha on our team. That's exact sums it up. We perfect. we are now officially Sam Allardyce. <laughs> well, I mean that, that sums him up perfectly. He was all about the joy. <laughs> he, he was all about the fun, wasn't he? JJ Cotcher yeah. was. You could watch Bolton as a neutral, not really caring if they won or lost because it was Bolton, really. Um, and they and did yeah. have a habit of beating United for a while. Do you remember in the yes. late nineties? Like they, they, they became United's bogey team, which obviously uh, was a huge. Feather I remember Cotcher being brilliant in one game against United. Actually, yeah. yeah. So that's enough to have him in. <laughs> 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 So at number nine then, I mean, I've, God, my two choices are very, very different indeed. I've gone for the gun-toting, octopus-limbed, lunatic, Fastino Asprilia, or Duncan Ferguson. Clearly, I just like a lunatic up front. Um, I I really like Duncan Ferguson. I couldn't help myself. I love the fact that um, once his Newcastle teammate, uh, Alexandro Pistoni, told him to fuck off during a game. I think Ferguson had been critical of a cross and Pistoni said, oh, fuck off. Then realised what he'd said and who to. <laughs> this was in the first <laughs> half, right? He actually had to be cancelled, Pistoni. This is no exaggeration. He started crying because he knew what was going to happen at half-time because Ferguson had given him the stare. He had to be cancelled by two Newcastle teammates saying, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. We'll, we'll stand up for you. Um Ferguson was just rock. Um, so anyway, Esprilia and Ferguson are my two shouts. Ali, your your number nine of choice. Uh, first of all, I've said I like um, curiosity for for naming Duncan Disorderly, as we like to call him. Um, yeah, I, he he actually he came down from uh, Dundee to Manchester. Uh, well, to to um, move to Cheshire, but you know, play at Everton yeah. uh, almost the same time as I did. I think he was about six months ahead of me. Um, and it, and it kind of felt like a kindred spirit. They were moving, moving in the same direction at the same time. And he was, people do not appreciate now just how phenomenally good a striker he was. Uh, I remember a, a, an interview he gave, um, uh, just about the time he, he came to, to, uh, Everton and somebody asked him, I think the, I think the exact question was, um, how do you feel when you, uh, when you lose a ball in the air? And he just looked the journalist back and says, I've never lost a ball in the air in my life. Yeah, he was phenomenal. <laughs> and I think he wasn't joking either. He was absolutely right. Just a, 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 a stunning, uh, old-fashioned, old-school British number nine. Uh, but if, if I have to pick one uh, one centre-forward for this team, um, it's Thierry Henry. He's just like, one of my favourite players of all time. Um, I'm, I'm sad he never played for a team that I could support. Um but just think phenomenally gifted, scored wonderful goals, uh, seemed like a decent bloke, um, and beautiful to look at. Uh, I could watch his, I could watch him pretending to be a drummer on that car advert or whatever it was all day. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to Henry on my team. 
Well, I think it was WhatsApp, wasn't it? Uh, Lloyd via WhatsApp the other day when you told me that basically Thierry Henry is getting in this team. So, (laughs) spoiler alert. I I I didn't know that up right there. No, so I believe you're also a fan, Lloyd. Uh, Yeah, uh, I think he's a non-negotiable, really. Um, Just ridiculous. I mean, speaking of Silk, when I was talking about Hazard and Burkamp, I mean, it's exactly the same with Henry. Some of his... Some of his goals were just ridiculous, uh, and just a perfect blend of like athleticism, technique, speed, f- finishing ability. Like, yeah, um, you know, I think he's potentially the the greatest player to ever play in the Premier League. Full stop. So, um, I think he has to be in the team. Fair enough. I mean, I can't argue with Thierry Henry. I mean, of course I can't. Um, I would put forward his handball against Ireland, but that's <laughs> um, but as a player in the Premier League and sticking to that criteria, he was unbelievable. And also it offers us a front three of Dennis Bergkamp, JJ Kocha and Thierry Henry, which <laughs> frank, frankly I'd say it's good money to watch. It's saucy <laughs> indeed. With, with Gaza behind just screaming <laughs> And then Gerard driving the team on and Kante just just in case that ball should be lost, you've got Kante sweeping off. That's got a great blend, actually. Yeah, it is. And then um, yeah, Paul McGrath, Lenny King, knees permitting, um, absolutely phenomenal at the back. Um, and Gary Neville and Leighton Baines bombing down the flanks. And then if some team somehow, I don't know how, managed to break through all of that, there was Peter Cech in his prime, early 2000s. Yeah, that's not a bad team, lad, to be fair. To be fair. Not a bad team at all. With um, who was our assistant coach again? Colin Hendry is our assistant coach. <laughs> yeah. And oh, actually, just before we we um, wrap it up, um, Ali, your favourite non-city manager. In the yeah, the, I didn't give this any thought until we started. No, the show I really should have. Uh, um, okay, we're going to have to look beyond the obvious choices, aren't we? Because mm. there's there's one or two that yeah, if we were being objective about it, uh, but we know we're not going to be. <laughs> Any of those involved. Um, Let's think. Um, We would have a lot of fun with uh, Claudia Ranieri. Yeah. Um, That might be quite an interesting one. Um, This team, oh, we're not. The city connections again keeps catching me. You guys go first. I'll see if I can think of anyone else while we're while we're talking. I'm so Lloyd. Any uh, any come to mind? Mm, I hadn't put. I hadn't put loads of thought to this, uh, but you know, there's some obvious candidates like you know Steve McLaren, um, Chris Coleman, uh, mm. David Moyes. No, I'm joking. Uh, <coughs> I, I, to be honest, I, I really loved early Mourinho, like pre all the bollocks, um, but I'm loath to pick Mourinho. I don't yeah. want to pick Mourinho. It's just the first person that's coming to mind. Um, I'd probably go Wenger, personally. Yeah, um, be good. Just, be- yeah. just because I think v- Wenger kind of went out with a bit of a whimper, didn't he, towards the end? And Arsenal were ransacked by a lot of teams, and probably mainly us. Um, and that kind of ate away at him. And I think he lost that kind of ruthlessness. But he knew how to set a team up, particularly. You know, end of nineties, early noughties. Um, obviously, 
you know, created potentially one of the best teams ever in Premier League history. So, and also seems like a decent bloke. I would probably go Wenger. I, I'm fully on board with that. I mean, because the, the unspoken thing for all of this team is that these players were, you know, when they're selected and when they play for us, it's from their pomp, from their prime. And, and you know, Wenger just, you know, in his prime was, I mean, remember the Arsenal team that came to main road, as you said, was just unbelievable. Uh, I would love to think of someone, and I'm guaranteed there's about 10 of them. I just can't bring them to mind right now. Managers who did really well, but were always undermined by, you know, financial restraints. I'll um, give you one. I, yeah. the, the, the moment I stopped talking and, and passed over to Lloyd, I, I remembered who I wanted, or I realised who I wanted. Um, Leicester City, mid to late 90s, um, over... <laughs> By oh, Martin not actually over, but not not overperforming the way they, they went on to do so. Um, but Martin O'Neill, great uh, shout. Absolutely. Martin O'Neill, Martin O'Neill got consistently outstanding performances out of really weak squads yeah. um, year after year. Was a, a really interesting character. Um, really liked to listen to him talk about the game. Still do anytime he pops up. Um, and I kind of feel like his managerial career never quite uh, mm. developed the. the uh, the way that his potential and, and his talent and, and abilities deserved. So let's give him our team of of uh, of miracle boys and let him do some wonders with them. Well, look, the best thing about uh, Martin O'Leal is, as well as his managerial acumen, is that you know if any of these players thought, "What Martin O'Neill? No, we wanted Wenger." Well, Martin O'Leal said, "Well, have you won two Champions Leagues? Because oh, <laughs> I have." Um, yeah. Did right, you I learn don't... under Brian Clough? <laughs> exactly yes um, right I really enjoyed that thank you very much it was really enjoyable um, if anyone's got any objections to our picks obviously let us know on Twitter you, you know Ali and Lloyd not me um, I, <laughs> please, please direct them at Steve yeah thank yeah. you you know what everyone just let's direct it at Howard just for a laugh <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no no just, just troll Gary Neville you're going to do it anyway so like yeah, don't, don't take out enough just take it to him you'll be fine you'll be fine He'll be like, what the hell, 3.20, what's going on? Um, <laughs> thank you very much, Ali, really enjoyed that. I've, I've loved every moment of it. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Lloyd. Cheers, mate. Good team. Good team. Yeah, it was. Very good team. And thank you very much for listening in. Um, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to rub ice cubes all over our never regions and pray for an early winter. In the meantime, take care, keep cool, and forever up the Harry Kane signing blues. <laughs>